Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I was terrible. I couldn't even find her clitoris. And then I made a video for my channel called You're All Forgiven. All men are forgiven. I couldn't find it either because it turns out that women's vaginas are all very different and they look different. And until you see a lot of them up close, you're not going to realize that. What's your official definition of a unicorn is? So in the swinger lifestyle, the sex positive lifestyle, a unicorn is a single woman, usually bisexual, that likes to have sex with couples for the most part and, and men, whatever. The reason they're called a unicorn is because they're so mythically rare to find a single woman who wants to have sex with you and your husband. You went 10 fucking years without sex. What happened? For a few reasons. One of them is I gained weight back in my 20s and felt uncomfortable in my body and didn't know how to live in my body when I had the same mind with my body didn't match anymore. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. I have a super fun guest on today. I cannot wait to share with you guys. Today we have a bold, honest, real, and oversharing swinger storyteller and sex club vlogger. The Toronto Unicorn pulls back the curtain of secrecy on the swinger lifestyle, normally underground for those curious to find their way to this sex-positive lifestyle for themselves. Her mission is to take the scary out of swinging and sex clubs and invite sex-positive people to observe the swinging world through her lifestyle vlogs and experiences on YouTube, TikTok, and beyond. Toronto Unicorn, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I know. So I was sort of telling you before we got started that I, over the weekend, was going through my closet, you know, like before, you know, I was like, this, I cannot start the new year with my closet like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in there getting stuff organized and I had your stuff playing in the background and I was listening to you and I was just like, oh, it was so, it was like listening to like my sister from another mother. Like I'm listening to all this stuff and I'm like, I can so relate to her and the experiences she's having and what she's going through. But also there's a lot of stuff that I'm sort of inching my way towards too within my sexual exploration. And I want to get more into the swinger stuff, which I haven't kind of, I've toe dipped a little bit. So I'm excited to have you on. I, <laughs> I get to selfishly ask you questions that I want to know the answers to. And then I know <laughs> my listeners are going to want to know the answers to. For sure. Yes. So give me a little bit about your backstory because I want to know, you know, how did you become the Toronto unicorn? And then also, what is your official definition of a unicorn? 
So basically I was in vanilla world, which is what I term, you know, mainstream society where sex is not present everywhere kind of thing or at all out in public. And I was in there for a long time. I wanted to have a threesome. I always had this fantasy of a threesome and I waited. I had boyfriends and tried to have one and wasn't successful. And eventually I just thought I had to wait for a partner. And that's what I think a lot of people think swinging is, is just couples. And that's not, not the case, but I waited and waited and waited. And I just kind of realized one day, like I'm a 30, whatever year old woman, why do I have to wait for a man to do anything? Right. And so I decided to like, look them up on Google and stuff. And I found this club in Toronto that, you know, was that walking distance from my house, go figure. Oh, cool. Right. It was a sex club and I Google earthed it. Like I was like, what is this thing? I didn't know anything about it. And you know what? I couldn't find much about it online. And that is kind of how you'll see that my story goes, which why I became an online presence for the community is to kind of help people on board into this lifestyle because I didn't have that advantage so much. So I went in one day on after a bad date with a man and I said, fuck this shit. I'm going to go get this uh, life that I want. And I walked in sober, alone. I was there for a threesome and I had a threesome that night. It was my very first time ever kissing a girl really or like, you know, seeing a vagina of clothes that wasn't Wait, mine. did you go down on her? That yes! Time? I, yes! I, I, walked, I, I walked in straight and walked out LGBT. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You just, like, were you nervous? Did it, Was it intuitive? I'm so curious about that. Oh, I was terrible. I couldn't even find her clitoris. And then I made a video for my channel called You're All Forgiven. All men are forgiven. I yes. couldn't find it either. Because it turns out that women's vaginas are all very different. And they look different. And until you see a lot of them up close, you're not going to realize that. Um, uh-huh. And so there was this one was more flappy. I don't have as many flaps. And so I was a little disoriented. And I still, to this day, have to admit that I could not find her clit. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. But that's okay. It was, I was a beginner. And beginners yeah. are forgiven. <laughs> beginners are forgiven. Right. I know. Everybody's got to learn, right? Okay. Yeah. And so what's your official definition of a unicorn is... So in the swinger lifestyle, the sex positive lifestyle, a unicorn is a single woman, usually bisexual, that likes to have sex with couples for the most part and and men or whatever. Uh, The reason they're called a unicorn is because they're so mythically rare to find a single woman who wants to have sex with you and your husband and then like potentially like leave after, you know what I'm saying? And so they're called unicorns because they're so rare, which is great for me. (laughs) Exactly. So what about that is hard to find? So there is just more couples in the lifestyle. So you're more likely to have a success in the lifestyle swapping with another male, female couple. For the most part, there's lots of room for trans and all that stuff in the middle and, and, and bi and all that. But there's a lot of heteronormative stuff too. So there's like male, female, male, female couple, a lot of swinging. And uh, if you want that coveted threesome, you need a single woman. And so yeah. lots of couples just want a threesome and then go back to their lives. And so that's why like we're in such high demand is because they really do want this from single women and there's not that many of us because a lot of us partner up so then we're not unicorns anymore right and so it really is hard to find the right match do you officially have to still be single to be a unicorn yes i think so having said that there's like hot wifing which is like if you're you don't have to be married so much but it's like when you are allowed to like go to sleep with other men and come home with your husband kind of thing so that would be similar in that they're a single they're presenting as a single woman but they're technically under the hot wife uh, terminology but i think it's yeah the unicorn is more single women i would say 
Yes. And how did you become the Toronto unicorn? Uh, lack of a man is how I became the Toronto unicorn. <laughs> uh, I did. I waited for a man. I thought, let's be safe and cozy and do this in a partner and not have to worry right. about it. And and that wasn't the dealt the hand that you know life dealt me. And so that is why I don't actually didn't actually choose to be a single woman in the lifestyle. But now that I'm there, it's a very I got so much more out of the lifestyle than what I thought I would get out of it. And so now, even if I was to partner up, I would still also remain an independent solo woman. So I think I might stay a unicorn for a while, even if I partner up because it'd be non-monogamous, you know, but you can still have another non-monogamous partner that you guys are in a primary relationship, but you still get to unicorn. Yeah. And he would still get to bull, which is the equivalent for a straight man. And then dragon is what they call it. The bi man who's a single man in lifestyle. So I'm, I, I hang out. That's a new term on me. A dragon. Dragon is equivalent. Yeah. So there's, unicorns are more by women but there isn't really a term for straight women so i just call them all unicorns but for men if you're a single man in the lifestyle who likes to have sex with couples you're usually called a bull there's a few other terms but if you're a bisexual male and you want to have a bisexual encounter those are usually called dragons because they're also mythically harder to find okay good see i didn't know that right I always just thought, okay, everyone's got to kind of figure out, you know, we always have to talk about what, who, you know. And I'm not going to like, these terms are fucking annoying to anyone looking in from the outside being like, what? There's like a test. Like I got to study this. So it, you pick it up as you go. You pick it up. Yeah. And definitely it's not like a barrier to entry. I just am curious no. at what you, how you officially term all this stuff. Now I heard in your, one of your episodes that I was listening to that you went, I thought I went a long time without sex before I started all this. You went 10 fucking years without sex. What happened? I know. Well, I saw you had 3.5 or something like that. I was like, girl, I got you on (laughs) For a few reasons. One of them is I gained weight back in my 20s and felt uncomfortable in my body and didn't know how to live in my body when I had the same mind, but my body didn't match anymore. And so I spent a lot of time in isolated my own kind of head and stuff. And I just kind of gave up. I'm not going to lie. I was also on antidepressants and antidepressants can absolutely numb your sex drive and you're giving shit about not having a sex drive. So I spent many years not even trying to fix it. I was just content in my like, not like, what is it? Celibacy. But then the last few years I had tried to get my mojo back. I had actually gotten hair extensions. I started to like dress better for my body, even though my body didn't change. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Because once you just start stepping into the shoes you've got now and living up the best life you can, you'll see that the future was always here. You don't have to reach for it and uh, you can live your best life now. And so that was when the whole life shifted for me. And then suddenly I'm on this, this journey that has taking me so many places, but the 10 years at the end of it, I was like, what the fuck? How come I'm not allowed to have like no man? I get no closer to this every time I date a guy. And so anyways, I finally got there. I finally got there and uh, I slept with this man and it went okay. My vagina was way too tight. Like it was like, yeah, he needed to like loosen it with fingers before his dick could go in. Like that's yeah, I had to explain that to the man. Okay. Like I was like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was it. We I had a little bit of like one night stands kind of thing. And then I was like, kind of, okay, I've got this back. What do I do with this? Yes. And then that's when I was like, well, let's get that threesome. Let's go have that, you know, women, woman experience too. So I kind of came alive and then became a swinger really fast after I had sex for the first time. 
Okay, so take me back to the very first time you went to a sex club. Were you alone? Yes. Okay, what happened? April of 2019, I walk in. It was Oasis Aqua Lounge in Toronto, Ontario. It had it was on Unicorn Night, which is a uh, special theme night where it's for single women and couples to match up. And I went there alone. And uh, I have a video about this on my YouTube because my whole life is documented there. Uh, that's what's interesting is I documented my journey also while I did this, not planning to. I didn't know where it was going. I was just bored and putting my stuff on the internet, not knowing I was developing into something right in front of the, my eyes. See, this is the similarity between you and I. I have the same thing where I just decided to get myself out of that funk, you know, that three and a half years of no sex. Like, I'm like, holy shit. Okay, we got to go. We got to do a 180 here and fast. And so I did. And then I made a sex bucket list. And I was like, well, I'm going to document this for a year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give myself this gift for a year, break this curse. And I'm just going to see what happens if I focus on my sexuality and put as much effort and energy into that as I do other aspects of my life and see what happens. And I was really kind of nervous about who I would become. And so I, I wanted to document all of it. And that's what the podcast was. It was, it really was a diary to myself that other people started listening to and get excited about. And then it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to stop this after a year. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) It's true. The diary to yourself is I think probably what people find relatable too, is it necessarily pitched for anybody's specific preferences. It's what you want to say, how you want to live your life. And you're, you're giving somebody a window into it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's nice to be somebody else who has done something so similar too. Right. Where I am now, seven years later, there was no intention for this. It just unfolded and it's just been so fascinating. And I always tell people, it's amazing what you learn about yourself in every aspect of your life. When you allow your sex life to really flourish, you know, to really be important and something that you think about every day. Like it's a priority that I stay sexy, feel sexy, you know, have sexy thoughts in my mind, small little things like that, that were pushed out. But once you start bringing all that back and then acting on it, you don't want to go back. I thought I literally thought I would go back. I'm like, I'm going to do this for a year and then I'll go back to vanilla land because that was fine. Yeah. But once I did this, I realized, holy shit, you know, that really wasn't fine. I just was so, it's like that frog in the boiling water, you know, it's slowly getting turned up and it's kind of getting worse and worse. And I just didn't even realize it. So I think sex has been just the biggest teacher I've, Mm -hmm. leading with my sexuality has taught me so much, so fast about me. And that's what I was getting from your content too. And not only that, I'm in sex clubs all the time. I see sex around me everywhere and so the things you pick up from that alone are are fascinating good news strictly anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show so if you lead an interesting naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous if you're out and proud that's cool too send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com that's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry. I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show, but when I'm still recording 
the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. One thing I will say is that for every woman out there who thinks, oh, I give the best blowjobs or I give the best whatever, <laughs> I have seen there is at least someone who can deep throat harder, give a sloppier blowjob, can t- take a bigger dick, can go for longer. There is someone out there who can outfuck you in every way. So yeah. just enjoy how you fuck and don't worry about it because I've seen it all. And I have to say, there's a lot of people out there who fuck well and, and you've just got to realize that your competition stacks up sometimes. Yeah, and it's a real thing. So you might just not want to focus on that. You might want to focus on whether you're the best at something. You might want to just focus on being with that partner, you know? Yeah, just enjoying the circumstance and the situation and even just really being focused and present yes. in the moment. That's probably the one thing that I think as a woman, I don't I didn't realize how not present I was during sex. Yeah. And you know, that I can just enjoy somebody for who they are in that space in time. And that's all it has to be. It's yeah. really fucking cool. <laughs> I, I always heard, because I studied psychology and I heard that women, when they get to their thirties, they have this kind of revelation where they have sex differently, where they can be in their body and, and be about their pleasure and not so much about how they look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, like for, I used to have roles that I, I wouldn't do sexual positions in case my role looked bad. But now I'm like, you grab on to anything you need to. Like, you know, yeah. it's just a totally different way of existing, especially in sex. Oh, I know. And that's great. So I, I we got sidetracked there, but I want to go, go back to your, the first time you went to the sex club and, you know, you were alone, if you're alone, what happened? So I walk in, you know, I, again, like there wasn't as much information online. So I was taking a bit of a chance here. So I went in, I, you know, they gave me a bit of an orientation and I put my, my clothes in the locker. Now I had never been naked in a change room before, not even in whip in front of women because I had never been comfortable in my body. Yeah. And so it was a big deal for me to walk into a sex club. It was a big deal for me to get naked in a change room, especially with men around. Like all of this was out of my comfort zone. And they stacked one on top of another in one day. And I think that's how you got to do it sometimes is you're like, if I'm going in, I'm going in the whole way. Rip the bandaid off. Right. And so I end up on the little patio deck and I sit down and I don't have a phone. I have nothing. And I look around and I remember the thought in my head was, well, now you're here. Like, like you, there's no turning back. This is it. Let's see what happens. No, wait. So you were, were you fully naked when you went no, out? No, I put a towel on. Oh, yeah, okay. I put a towel okay. on. Even now I don't go fully naked. I always have a little thong bottom on because I just think I need something between my vagina and the world. I, I just do. You know, I'm not a nudist, I guess. But yeah, no. So I, I did have some struggle getting the clothes off. I eventually, um, I did actually have bra straps because I was like not going to take my bra off. And then I walked outside with bra straps and a towel and I turned around and walked back in because I felt overdressed. Okay. So that was the vibe really quickly. And then ironically, it was the very first couple I talked to. That was the couple that I ended up being with. And it was just, they were cute. They sat beside me. I didn't, he had a drink. I didn't know how you carried money. And so I just asked him a question like, oh, can I, you know, how do you get a drink around here? And that was a great opener. They got me a drink. We started talking and then we went to the little orientation together so I could learn about what what it was like to be a unicorn. And so like the night took, took a while. And then a few hours later, I eventually made my way into 
the situation and I wasn't able to initiate. I had to tell the husband that his wife needed to. And so it worked out that way. But there is more details to the story. I also think I was spiritually called to be there that day and I had a message in a dream about it. And so the whole video is on YouTube where somebody could watch the backstory. But I do feel as though that day was in alignment with my future goals and like journey. So yeah. I don't know how it, what it took to get me there, but that's the power of that day. And after that, I never looked back. I never was the same again. So, okay, I have to, this is like my big thing though. How did you just like, dive down on her pussy like what <laughs> I mean here's the thing it felt a little slimy to me because I had never put my tongue in an area of someone's body that was hairless and a little moist like I had think about it as a woman yeah weird, right and so I, I it didn't taste like anything which was a good thing because I didn't know good or bad but it tasted like nothing and yeah. it was just slimy but I'm not gonna lie it was foreign it was foreign to me I didn't know exactly what I was doing I, I was hoping for the best and it went okay but as I said I didn't even find her clitoris like how good could it have been for her but the point was that her husband also like fucked me while she was eating me out underneath so like we had fantastic sex even though I was new to it kind of thing yeah. So did you start with you, you two making out and then he joins in or was it always like the whole story? I can tell you the whole story. Huh? I can tell you the sex story if you want. Of course. This is the Curious Girl Diaries. This is what we talk about. Okay. Let's go deep, deep, deep. Ooh. All right. I'll get the lube. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So it was one of those things where I'm a normally dominant person, very confident, can speak in public. And I could not hit on this woman. I could not make a move. And so I was kind of like, you know, kind of casual with him all night. Eventually she goes to the bathroom and the husband whispers to me. So like, we're like kind of interested. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. I'm like, I just don't think I can make the first move. And he's like, oh, okay. I'll let her know that. And yeah. I was like, okay, thanks. And then, so, you know, it's a little bit awkward, but anyway, so then she comes back they have her moment. And anyway, so I know that like the cat's out of the bag, like there's yeah. going to be a threesome, like, holy shit. And though, and she comes up and I remember it was like the point of no return where I was like, Oh my God, I'm about to kiss a fucking girl. Like it was just like that. And yeah. she was just very, very soft lipped to the point where I was like, like, Oh, it's very soft. Should I be more like, it was like, I was adjusting to feminine energy too. Like this is all new to me. And so me and her had fun, like kissing and uh like complimenting each other and like playing with each other's boobs and then the, the husband asked if he could you know introduce his his dick or whatever and, and that was good and then we ended up so is this is that like the normal way to do it may i introduce my dick well no i think a lot i think a lot of couples do want the females to play first a little bit together yeah. it's erotic and stuff so that was the dynamic we had so he kind of had to wait for his invitation <laughs> you know yeah yeah yeah. And so that was like the first time I had also had sex in public like that too. There was people around, right? This is a yes. club of people having sex around me. And uh, it was all so new to me. And I, I realized that I did not notice that there was a crowd of people watching me have sex. I did not notice. And that was one of the things that I try to teach newbies is like, you think it's so intimidating. Just don't look at them. You won't even remember. I've been in the same situation. It yeah. Is, like all of a sudden you look up and there's people just like, all around watching and yeah. so fascinating because they're actually part of the energy and that makes it even hotter. Like yeah. they're getting the feedback from what they're seeing, but also you can kind of just feel that. Yeah. Like 
that, I don't know what you call it, that heat, you know, that, that chemistry that everybody's around, they're like enjoying it and you're enjoying it. And it just makes it even, gets me even hotter and wetter, like dripping yeah. down my leg wet. <laughs> I've never, yeah. I've, the, the first time I, or not the first time, but the second time I went to a sex club with someone, we just played together. We didn't find anybody, you know, but we played together and it, oh my God, I just, it was one of the huge, biggest revelations I ever had was like, I had no idea that it turned me on this much to have people watch me. Yeah. Like, that's fucking hot. Yeah. I'm a voyeur too. So when I can look around and watch sex, it turns me on with my partner, whoever I'm with. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, it's just like watching porn. Like, I know. Yeah. Except you can smell it. <laughs> right. And yeah, you're like, you can, you can smell it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have enough people fucking, it can smell like something in there, you know? That's right. That's right. I know. <laughs> you describe that smell uh sometimes i like to call it a testosterone um a smell but it's like musty sometimes the smell of like a lot of people fucking uh at the end of a very busy night can just smell a little bit like the sweat of bodies like you know like a yeah. gym or something yeah yeah it's not a bad smell it's a sex smell it's just like a yeah this is a people are having fun in here yeah. right yeah. now do you find there's more men that that go to these than women yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be so special as a unicorn, right? I'd be I know, I know. It's just like, that's like pri the unicorn. That's like prime real estate right there. Exactly. And so for me, as a 30-something-year-old woman who's single, I was I was told I was supposed to be having, you know, I was not supposed to be happy and joyful in this part of my life. And here I am being suddenly one of the most coveted things, like, you know, you could have at this in this lifestyle. And so that confidence was absorbed. And I, I remember I started this lifestyle not being able to change in the locker room. And now I have a fan page where I dance around in lingerie and do strip teases in my body that is the same body. Yeah. Right? And it just goes to show that this lifestyle, I know I fast forward a bit, it has given me so much more than I thought. Right. Yeah. It gave me threesome, sure, but it gave me body confidence, you know, ability to communicate in sex and and all of that. But um, but yeah, the, the sex itself was fantastic. I mean, the husband would I gave him a blowjob. She thought it was hot. We shared a blowjob. That was a new thing for me. I had never done that with a woman. Yeah. Um, and then he had sex with me. Well, me and her were 69ing. And then he would have sex with me, doggy style, while she was eating me out. And I just remember at the end of it, he like pulled out and she she's like, you both came on my face, even though it was a condom. She's yeah. like, you both came on my face. And I was like, sorry. But she was just like, you know, saying that. But yeah. it was hot. It was a fantastic experience. We both were so comfortable after that we were just shooting the shit and we smoked a joint together. And, you know, it's funny because back then, April, 2019, you know, I still, to this day in 2023, talk to this couple. And Do you really? Yes. I've slept with them a few times. And she also likes to send her husband to me once in a while, once every few months for him to have one-on-one -on -one sex, actually. Yeah. So they're just a very open couple like that. And this lifestyle gave me more than just the threesome. I found friends. I found an entry into a community. Yes. And this year I'm trying to be more of a, what I call like a joiner. I'm actually, I'm getting myself over to some sex clubs. You know, I'm just venturing out because you can, it's every time you try to wait to find someone to go with you, which I have a bevy of people that will go, but you know, coordinating everything is, and it's just like, you know what? I think before I thought I wanted to go with someone now, after listening to you, I'm like, I just want to go by myself. There, if there was one thing I could get across to the entire community of people who want to go to a club or want to join who don't, it is the fact that you not only can go alone, but you should. I yeah. think that you will find inside the club the friends you will need to make. 
They're not outside where you drag them in. You're going to walk in there and you're going to see people who also chose to go to a sex club. And those are the people that you want to be friends with. And so my point is go alone. You'll find your friends in the pool, which is Oasis. Not every sex club has a yeah. pool. But I like to say, go in the pool. You'll, your friends are there. You just haven't met them yet. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, honestly, you. when I was listening to your stuff, I'm like, it was just so interesting because that's been on my list. I'm like, I've got to get back. It's been probably a couple of years since I've been to a sex club and I would like to just be a little more entrenched, involved in the community because of the friendships. You know, this is like, I've been doing this by myself for seven years. You know, it's like, maybe I should make some. And I've made fabulous female friends in this lifestyle. Friends that I don't even hook up with. Friends that are just friends. And that's, it's just this most amazing thing. I wanted to go back to the sex club thing. One of the, when I said in my bio, I like to take the scary out of sex clubs. It's because I didn't want to go to this club because I didn't know what was on the inside. I had this idea and it scared me a little bit and I didn't know. And I think a lot of people have that idea. So now that I'm an experienced swinger and I've got on my own like YouTube and all of that, I actually went and did a video tour of every single sex club in the Toronto area. So I've got M4, NYX Lounge, the X Club, an Oasis Aqua Lounge, and you can go and watch a video now of room by room. You can even see what the toilets look like because people need that so that they can feel comfortable to go. And so that's why I do those videos is to help people like you who are like, okay, now I've seen the sex clubs. Now I can picture myself in the club. I'm a little bit closer. So how often do you go to these sex club events? And I mean, how much of your life goes into that? And how much time does it take? At least once a week. And I vlog about it on my channels because they're not all good nights. They're not all hits. They're not all whatever. I cried on my channel because I've had bad nights. And I put it on there because I wanted to show the reality of this lifestyle. Not just the humorous sides, right? Right. The good, the bad, the ugly. What what made you upset or what what got you to cry? So one of the times that I remember being really disturbed a bit on camera was that I had run into somebody who was somebody who had really hurt my heart as a friend there. And he was with the the girl that caused some issues, I think, with our friendship. And the space wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my special space anymore. I felt that it was suddenly in a place where I could get hurt instead of have joy. And I left instead of staying because I thought I couldn't exist in the space the same way. So I went there and I held the camera up and I looked and I was like, look, like this is sometimes how it goes. Sometimes you run into people who you don't want to share the space with. And so it's either you who leaves or they do, you know? So that happens. It does. I mean, you're going to have bad hookups or whatever. You're going to have run-ins. And that's why when I I teach on my channel is the community is really small and your reputation will carry forward for you. So if you do have a bad encounter or something doesn't work out with somebody, do your best to stay respectful because you're going to see them over and over and over again, fucking other people. And you just need to find a place to be okay with it. And so like now I have a, I have a few other friends that yes, I used to sleep with and have feelings for Now I don't. And I see them have sex with people at the club all the time and I'm super happy for them so it can happen it was just that this specific friends with benefits that you know we went in a dumpster fire <laughs> about a year ago it was just it was hard to, to coexist in a place where I used to spend with him where then yeah. he replaced me with somebody else right so yeah. I just didn't want to didn't want to watch that yeah. yeah no that I mean totally makes sense so you go at least once a week Yes. At least once a week I go alone. I usually go with friends. It doesn't matter who's, if I go alone, I go alone. Like it's just, you can do it still single woman. You don't even need to know anyone still. I can go and find people to chat with there. So 
it's just, it's a wonderful environment. Like, for example, like I, I bring a little like fanny pack. It's like my orgy director fanny pack. Cause I help my friends like do orgy stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I even have like a little game of like cards in there and stuff because it's, this place is not just about sex. Sometimes, you know, like last night I was there for our DTF night at, at Oasis Sock Lounge and uh, we all had sex, me and my friends. And then we all had a potluck, believe it or not, we coordinate to bring snacks. So whose turn is it this week? And then we bring it. And then after we all fuck for a bit, we have this like refreshment little stand. No one else does this. This is how seasoned we are as swingers, okay? And then, like, we oh. snacks away, and then we go fuck again. Like, it's just... It's- okay, I have a funny story about the food at an event. I, The first time I went to, it was at someone's house, and it was this sex party, and my uh, partner at the time, he invited, you know, he got the invite, and so we were very... I was very excited, and it was supposed to be, like, a masquerade ball thing. So I'm thinking eyes wide shut, you know, and I'm just like, oh, you know, I mean, I am thinking we're going to this beautiful home, this castle on the hill, and it's going to be mysterious and dark like the movies, and everybody's going to have their masks on, and it's all the beautiful people, and you know, I had just all this garbage going on in my head. Well, we get there, and we're in the suburbs, and it's like station wagons, and you know, basketball hoops and you know and I'm like yeah. what what's going on here and then we go in and it's literally everybody from all different walks of life ages body types it's just normal it's a cross section of normal people yes. and then they had this potluck and they had like this bubbling chili and I just remember being like I cannot eat the chili before I fuck. Like, I fucking eat chili. I was so disturbed all night about that chili, or who was eating the spicy cocktail wieners? I'm like, there's just no fucking way, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's party. (laughs) I will admit, it threw me off in the beginning because I was like. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm. Where's my sexy vibe? You know, like. Well, I have a rule. I do not eat before the sex club at all for several hours because I do have some anxiety caused, you know, tummy issues. And you can you can life hack that shit if you just empty your fucking, you know, workflow as what I like to call it. There's nothing yeah. to deal with. And so I don't eat until after the club usually. But yes. I always have a big bowl of chili after the sex, right? And not before. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, and who's touching the chili? Don't come near. I'm not. You're not touching me if you just had that chili before we're getting it on. You know. <laughs> so. Funny, yeah. You no, know how to party. You know, it's not just sex. You know. I know. No, I know. It, and actually, that was a, what I loved about that experience was I went there, and I it was this. I really realized I was like, sex is for everybody. Yes. Like this is what this is it, you know? And I was like, okay, everyone look how, you know, look just normal and relaxed everybody is. And like, this is what it's about. And so it was a good, it was good. At first I was kind of shocking because I was like, wait a minute, where's the glamour and the glitz? And then I was like, no, this is, this is the glamorous part is that people can come and just be themselves and enjoy sex openly. And so it did turn out to be a great night and a great experience. And then I took another, it took a bit there before I ended up going to like a club, a sex club. And that was several years ago. But now, like I said, I'm just like anxious to kind of get back to it. And I love, you know, I just, I love your perspective on, and and I love that you go once a week. That is so 
So you're just like, do you see the same people all the time or do you, or do you get a variety? So here's the interesting thing about me that I haven't mentioned so far is I'm a different kind of swinger. I'm a semi-sexual, which means I need emotional connection before I'll want to have sex with someone. Most yeah. of my swinger friends do not need that level of connection. They can go and take a bunch of men on a DTF night, which is a down to fuck gangbang night. Yeah. Have no issues. I'm not like that. I would need to have a curated men that I already know feel comfortable with. It's just no exceptions. And so I actually go many times and don't have sex like many times. And so last time, last night was the first time I hooked up in a long time at the club to the point where my friends were clapping for me at the end. Okay. Like it was like, really, it, it, I, I actually was a little bit loud. Like when I mean a little loud, I was a lot loud. And then a girl was saying how at the end of my orgasm, my, I could hear my friends because they were beside me and the fact that they were commenting about how loud I was. And so I literally was laying there saying the fact that my friends don't know that I'm loud says how little I get fucked here. So it had been a bit of a dry spell. I had had a friends with benefits a year ago who I had swung with, picked up women with, picked up couple swaps. Fantastic. And then that ended a kind of abruptly. And then I was a single guy and a girl again for a long time. So yeah. for me, I did go, I go through phases without sex, even though I go to the club. Okay. So you still go. Yes. So how did you work? This is my girl brain just went, okay. So I'm listening to that story. You had a partner and then you didn't. How are you managing that breakup while you're still trying to be sexual? It's not so much. A, it was a friends with benefits. It was never a boyfriend situation. It was my first real boy guy friendship in the lifestyle that was sexual that I was excited about because I thought, oh, we're not in vanilla world anymore. We make our own rules. So when I met him, he said he was polyamorous, which meant that he was allowed to have me in his life with other people. And yes. that was the deal. And so we had sex, we hung out. He had girlfriends come in and out of his life. And then he basically just got this girlfriend who up and decided to make him cut all of his friends out of his life is, is what I understand because oh. I asked him to go for coffee. He wasn't allowed in my, or, or he said it was going to make his girlfriend uncomfortable. And I was like, so you're suddenly, because you've partnered with somebody, you're suddenly not allowed to have your other relationships, even though they were friendships. So that was for me a heartbreak because I had yeah. to learn the hard way that even if I find men in this lifestyle, there's still vanilla bread, half of them, and they're still going to revert back to, oh, oh, girl threat, girl threat, girl threat every time they, they get some serious romantic partner. Fuck that shit. I'm done with that shit. That's why I came to this lifestyle. And so that upset me. That heartbreak upset me, but it also gave me a lesson in this yeah. lifestyle. So I'll be honest with you. I spent the last year solo again, and that's, I kind of lost a bit of my jive. I didn't, I wasn't having as much swinger sex. I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. And then I actually transitioned into being an orgy director for my friends. Yeah. So I go and then help them fuck instead of me like trying to find someone for myself. Yes. So now that you have like all of this experience, this good, solid, practical, real world experience in this area, give me your perspective like on your life before being a unicorn and... How are they different? And is there anything you wish you knew back when you first started that there's would have been so helpful now? There's so much that's different. I mean, let me focus it on, I was never comfortable in my own body before I became in this lifestyle. I had never been so easy with women to be able to share men and be non, non I, like my jealousy was in lifestyle started at a decent level and I worked its way down. And to the point where now I feel incredibly zero jealousy in 99% of my interactions, even though 
sometimes jealousy can be natural, even if it's like a friendship to friendship. Oh, she got the guy I liked. No, now I wait for a different night and then I fuck him because tonight yeah. was her night. It's not like it's like a, oh, dibs. No, fuck off. There is no dibs. You can have him yeah. tonight. I'm getting my number and I'm taking him next time. So it really works out that way. And that's something that I, I wouldn't have been like that. It was, it was girl against girl back then, you know? Uh-huh. So that was one of the biggest, um, I would say, life-changing things for me is having female friendships that are not, there's no jealousy about the men who we fuck. It's completely not an issue. Um, so that's big. I would just say in body positivity, being sexually aware, I also think that the unicorn thing kind of taught me that this lifestyle is out there. It's just so underground. And I was desperate to find what I call my tribe, which is people who yeah. don't judge me when I make a sexual comment and said so they cheer for me. And what I noticed when I became a, when a unicorn versus before is I feel more at home and comfortable with these people that I meet at these clubs and, and in these interactions than I ever did anywhere else in my life. And I also noticed that I take, I used to kind of put a show on in the boardroom, right? Cause I'm a bit of an attention whore, which is something that the lifestyle also shows you, you can claim as a normal yeah. kink, right? Cause if you are interested in spanking or if you're interested in attention, why is one better than the other? So it goes to show that you can embrace everything that gives you joy and, and actually embrace it and, and be empowered by it which is something I didn't know before, before you were kind of looked down on if you tried to seek attention. We're here. It's like, whoa, come watch me have sex. You know, it's, yeah. you know? <laughs> I know. So, Do you still get nervous going to these events? So believe it or not, yesterday, I actually had to tell my friend that I had a little bit of like tummy butterflies and mm-hmm. I said, I don't normally get nervous, but I said, I'm about to potentially have sex with a guy that yes, I'm comfortable. I know him. I've seen him have sex. He's a good guy, but it, for me, it was still taking a little bit of a jump outside of my comfort zone to take a risk on a new guy because I just, it just is like, I'm just, as much as I'm open about it for everyone else, there's something about stranger sex for me that does not. So it was just like a new guy. And I was like, can I, can I, I don't know. Right. So I didn't know until I kind of, and again, I'm a bit shy. I'm an alpha female who can like with some men, I sometimes like flutter. Like I'm like, ah, so as soon as I got around his energy and realized it was good, a good feeling, then the nervousness was completely gone. But before that, yeah, I still get a little bit nervous, but no. And, and what's funny is me, my friend R and I were going to the club yesterday and picking up stuff on the way. And I said, it's funny, me and you think our lives are so mundane, but we're about to go pick up some, some food for our mid gangbang intermission, you know, like how yeah. cool is our lives, <laughs> you know? So. I know. <laughs> it's right. That's why that I is- vlog it on YouTube. Cause I'm like, People want to see this shit. I know. They do. It's because it is fun. I mean, really, I think I have a pretty fun life. All the stuff I get to do and get that I get to focus on and, you know, with this podcast and the people I get to talk to and meet, you know, it's just, it's great. Do you, so kind of a, on a different subject, how are you, if you're going once a month, like how, how do you manage, you know, STDs and all that? I'm sure everyone's using condoms, but you kind of have to go a little bit beyond that. What do you test regularly or what is your protocol for all this? Yeah. So I do test regularly. I also don't have sex a lot. So if I have one or two partners, I might get tested every six to eight months. If I have more than that, it'll be more frequent. So I get tested. Everybody that I use, I have sex with wears condoms. I mean, some guys try to not, I intercept and say, no, you have to use a condom. I do give blowjobs without a condom. Um, other people I know don't. It's just, everyone has their own personal preferences. Yeah. But I would say that most people in the lifestyle are more sexually cautious because of how recreational their sex is that I think that 
people are generally more hygienic too, right? Like, so I, I actually haven't had an issue. I don't know any of my friends who have had any serious issues. I know that they are, there is some and things go around, but yeah. I, for us, it hasn't been an issue yet. I wonder if that's because, like you said, it's on their mind more. It's not just some random person, you know, I mean, you, you're planning for it. It's laid out. You know what you're doing. You're not just some woman showing up at a bar one night to meet your friends and you have some drinks and you meet some guy and you hook up. And you, when you weren't intending on it, like you're a little more aware of what your process is and also just like the protocols around it, like with testing and things like that. Yeah. Um, I've always wondered about that. I've always wondered just, just, you know, is it more life? Do, do the STDs flow as freely in the lifestyle or less because people are thinking about, you know, they're more mindful of it yeah. than in out there in the free vanilla world? Like it's a, it's a really good question. I just, the fact that as a, as a sexual educator, as a swinger educator, I have taught about STIs and stuff, but the fact that I still haven't seen any gossip or, or anything like that goes to show that if there is something, it's no, no more than the normal society. Um, yeah. I know some friends in the lifestyle who have had a friend that got chlamydia or something, but a few yeah. pills cleared that up and that was that, right? So that's a few examples. But other than that, I haven't actually personally had any other I'm not gonna lie it scares me it scares me in the sense of I would never have risky sex anymore yeah I would always use a condom and if the man's dick doesn't work then the, then he gets a blowjob you know what I'm saying like it's just not a risk I'm willing to take and I think that's something in a lifestyle that maybe with a guy one-on-one -on -one, you could be pressured but here I'm like I don't care how juicy your dick is it's going and he's a latex first like right yeah you know, so. yeah that's true so Give me some of your favorite experiences, maybe just, or maybe your favorite, like, is there one that really, I'm sure you have a lot, but let's we'll, yes. we'll zero in on like one that you just absolutely love the most. And you know, why was that? What's really crazy is it was a year ago today. It was January 4th, 2022. Whoa. Okay. It was because the last COVID lockdown had locked down our clubs and my friend's birthday was today and I wanted to throw him an orgy. It was a very first orgy I had ever been in. And so I got a hotel and I booked it and I invited a very invite list only people. Right. Yeah. By the way, this is all on YouTube because my whole fucking life's on YouTube. Yeah. The orgy, but like the pre setup, the outfits, all that. Anyways, what I really liked about it was that it was this intimate space. It was the first time out of a sex club for me being a swinger, really. And so we were in this space. Everybody knew everybody. And I'm a natural kind of leader and like a facilitator. And so everybody didn't know what to do. And so what I really liked is like, we sat around and we played like spin the bottle. Like we uh -huh. played the games that we always maybe wanted to do when we were younger, but never did. And yeah. so that was how we like, okay, you have to kiss her now. And like, Oh, I have to kiss you. And that's how we got started. And then we ended up uh, from my friend at the time. Um, I got a video of him getting a blowjob by three women at the same time as his birthday gift. <laughs> Oh, nice. Giver. Yeah, it's my love language, but it's not going to be, you know, a, an Amazon gift card. It's a it's a video <laughs> of you getting your dick stuck by three women. Okay. There we go. Oh, I bet you he, yeah, that's probably like the best birthday gift ever. I don't think anybody's probably going to top that. <laughs> I mean, this, who knows what's happening this year, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so that was one of my favorite memories because it, it, it showed me that you can do this lifestyle anywhere. You don't need to be in a club. You can take it with on the road kind of thing. And make it yeah. more intimate. Make it, you know, we had music and outfits and lighting, and it was just fantastic. So, how do you recommend people who are brand new to this get started? So, one of the first things I do is I have a playlist, especially if you're single. I have a playlist called 
Singles wanting to go to Oasis but don't want to go alone. It's a long-winded title and it just has to be the same. It just has yeah. to be that. Because there's so many people that if you're a couple, you have an easier time. But if you're a single, you always get stuck behind thinking you need somebody to go with. And people, men specifically, genuinely think they cannot go alone. They just don't feel comfortable and they are ruining the rest of their available life, especially because their hotness level is going to go down as time goes on as women and men too. Right? Like live your life now, stop waiting. And I think if I could do anything to teach somebody how to, to, you know, kind of make the jump, it's fucking accept that you might have to do it alone and then get excited about it. And you'll see that, for example, there's this girl, Amelia, who is a, a friend. So I have some fans from my YouTube channel that come to the club and then they like introduce themselves because they're like, oh, my God, you're the girl. She's now one of my friends. But she was saying that she tried to get her friends to come with her and they wouldn't. And she's like, fine, I'm going alone. She's like, the reason I did is because I saw your TikTok that you said, you know, your friends are already there. You just haven't met them yet. So she walks in. She meets me. We become fast friends. Now we hang out all the time. And then her friends started to come because they weren't at first and you want to know why because they saw something in her change they saw her light up and to become alive again from the inside out just like every other swinger i know and they yeah. wanted to fucking drink from that fountain and so they came and now they, i'm helping them have gangbangs so yeah it, it feels like a pyramid of impact I, I, not a scheme but a pyramid of no. impact. yeah yeah yeah. And so I'm, I'm directly seeing when people think that they can't go alone and they do, they're not only changing their own lives, they're, they're being trailblazers for the people who aren't, who aren't able to, but will be inspired by their experience. Yes. Well, you know what you need? You have a podcast, right? I do. Yes. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to go to a club by myself following your instructions and then we'll podcast about it on your show. Sure. I would like to make a club recommendation though, because they're all huh. different. I know. Well, so I don't live by you though. Yes. Where are you? I'm in Florida. So, um, a lot of things are illegal in that state. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Like, like, you know, I can't even smoke a joint there. Right. So that would be an adjustment for me if I was going to have be a swinger without weed, but anyway. well, you can have, no, you can't, you just have to, you, yeah, you can do weed. It's, you just have to have a card like to buy it. It's we can fucking roll up to any convenience. I know. Well, I came from, I just moved here from California where you could just walk in and there was, yeah. you didn't need it, you know, but anyway, I hope you do. And I hope that you do do it for yourself and then let me know on the other side of it, how you did it, but pick your night. Don't just show the fuck up because you could show up on a night that is so shocking to you that you will never go back. And so I actually have well, nothing shocks me. Nothing uh, I wouldn't say that there's a DTF night at a sex club that is very fucking different than a Sunday night where it's just a mixer. Okay. Yeah. DTF, the men are holding their hard erections, looking at you, asking if you want to fuck them on Sunday. They might be like, so how's the weather? Like, do you want to like go for a chat? Like it's a very different experience. <laughs> yeah. And if you're yeah. a single woman, you may not feel comfortable going on a night where it's intense because you don't necessarily, you might feel hot for a couple minutes, but then suddenly you feel like a piece of bread amongst a bunch of birds. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So you're saying just your best tips are just, you just kind of got to go, but pick a good night. I think go, like do it for yourself. Don't go, yeah. you know, don't, don't be desperate to have somebody so that you can have this experience. And I think if you don't know how to do that, go alone and eat at a restaurant for your alone first, get there. That's a stepping stone because that was hard for me at the very first time to do that was very hard for me. But because I could do that is why I think I could go to the sex club. 
So if you need to work your way up to it, sure. But I feel as though every time I hear the words, oh, I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find someone until then. I wish I could shake these fucking people's heads because I sat on the bench in my life for 10 years and I missed a lot of it because I wouldn't get off the bench for myself. So yeah. I'm trying to help people just get over there their shit. I mean, it's hard, but it's also growth when you can do things like this. Even if you don't have a fantastic experience, the ability to go home and put your head on that pillow at night and say, I did did that. I did that. Yeah. That's going to still do something for you. Absolutely. So, okay. I know you don't have a primary partner right now, but Mm -hmm. when you've had sort of, you know, friends with, I mean, how do you manage this with friends with benefits or a primary partner? Like, how does that work? And, you know, like we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, managing maybe the jealousy or potential concerns that someone else might have. And yeah, like I don't have a partner that I'm even seeking that would be exclusive. I I don't think I would look for exclusive again. If I were to be partnered with somebody who wanted to do things together in the lifestyle, I might be open to being swingers as a couple, as a closed couple, but that would be it. So other people are different. My friend R is saying maybe she'll be a hot wife one day. And, you know, if she ever partners, she'll need a guy who lets her go fuck other. So people are trying to figure out how could they exist here and be happy and thrive also in a partnered committed relationship. And the answer is you can build your own adventure here and you can build your relationship with your own rules. And so for me, I just know as a, as a more mature woman, I'm not going to be as accommodating to giving up or sacrificing the things in my life that bring me joy to make someone else more comfortable. I'm going to find somebody who finds this lifestyle exciting and, you know, and wants the freedom also. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I often think like, oh my God, what if I met someone that wanted to be vanilla with me? You know, yeah. like once you go pineapple, you don't go vanilla again is what I, I like. I mean, <laughs> it's just not on my radar. Like I'm yeah. like, I just don't know, you know, I don't know that I would be just dying to go out and fuck a bunch of extra people. That's yeah. not the point. It's just, I want the option. I want that to stay open for me. And so it, ha- you know, to that extent, you know, it really has changed me. I mean, whoever, you know, I partner with has to be okay with this. Yes. Exactly. I've been lucky, you know, in that respect, but, and then you have to kind of deal with the, you know, the little jealousies and stuff that. Well, that's just, I would never date a vanilla man again. And I shouldn't say never say never, but I fucking never. Okay. Cause like these people, <laughs> I had a man once who I was like, so like, let's get on the threesomes. And he's like, I don't know. He, and I, I remember like, I, I got rid of that relationship and I came to the sex club and I said, look, can I not find a guy that at least wants to fuck other women? Can we not just start there? Cause like, yeah. I thought that that was a given. Okay. Like right. I don't want to have yeah. to convince some man to fuck some woman with me. I want him to just say yes. Okay. So that was my last vanilla relationship. Okay. That, but I have a feeling like people out there that are listening that are genuinely vanilla are like guys, especially they're like, why is this a hard thing for you to find a guy that wants you to, to allow, you know, be with another woman, all that stuff. You are right though. I have had, like, I don't know what happens. These guys want to fake you out. They're like, oh yeah, I'm down for this. This is great. And then when it comes down to it, what they stall, they don't want to, there's excuse after excuse, there's a reason. And then you just finally go, look, they don't want to do it. Like they don't want to share you with a woman or with another, especially not with another guy, you know? And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. I know. And I even made the agreement with him that I wouldn't ask for another man. Like, think about that as a swinger. I was like, okay, I'll just say other women. And he still, that was too much for him. And I was like, I just, that was when I realized I'm sick of feeling like I'm pulling someone. 
I yeah. want someone to be excited that I'm open to hosting sex clubs for people. Like that's my dream is to have a partner one day where we have this nice house and we can host sex parties together. Like, that's all, all, always been my, my fairy tale in a way. Yeah. Um, You'll do it. I'll do it alone if I have to, but you'll do uh, it. I mean, you know. you're kind of doing it now, right? I, I mean, you're helping it now. You're right. You're facilitating. You are. I mean, you're, you're really, you know, you're kind of doing it now. Yeah. It's true. I guess I have big visions of, of having lands or, or like uh, land or like somewhere yes. where I could host. That would be a, a dream where I would be like, and this is the forest area where you can fuck in a, in a tent because right. if you have all these separate little kinks or fantasies you never got to fulfill, here's all these separate like rooms you could, like I have all these ideas to build a future and a business and an empire based on sex. Yeah. I have no doubt <laughs> you are well on your way and it will be done. So tell everybody where they can find you. So I have a lot of links. Instagram likes to keep kicking me off, but uh, otherwise, torontounicorn.com has all of my links there. Mostly I'm on YouTube. I tease my content elsewhere, but YouTube is the shebang and my fan page. So I do have an OnlyFans where YouTube doesn't let me speak openly about my sex. And I tell myself, I'm an oversharer. So I like to tell my sex all the time. And so I usually go on YouTube and tell the, the YouTube version. And then my fan page, I usually go and tell the explicit version. And yeah. so that's kind of my, my big offering now is if you want, you know, the, the medium size information here, and then you can have the X-rated shit up here. So right. yeah, so all those links are available on torontounicorn.com. And I'll include those down here too as well, but I like that. I do the same thing. I just, just go to my website. You can link anywhere you want, find anything you want. It's all right there on the front, you know, boom, do that. I even have, like, I have a little link tree thingy, but it's easier to just click it from my website, but it, it even has my videos embedded into it so that you know what I'm up to at all times just by clicking on it. Um, oh, that's I, cool. I know. I also have a swinger shop. So I, I make a uh, swinger clothing now because uh, when I became an orgy director for the sex clubs, like just couple of my friends fuck a lot of men, I started designing clothing for them. Like the, the shirt behind me, I love dick plural, is just one of them. I have a lot of like crop tops that are, one of them is called Bukaki Princess. Um, I love right? <laughs> so these are outfits that people can wear yeah. to attract the right energy and attention yeah. maybe before they take it off kind of thing. There we yeah. go. So that's there we go. I love it. That's what I mentioned that. Yes, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited. I'm just excited that I found you. Actually, you know who put us in contact? Kathy, I heard from Strictly yes, yes. Podcast. Yes. I know. I was just talking to her before we started, before I jumped on. Yeah. So, yes, that's so um, anyway. You remind me of her too. Like we're all very similar energies. I wonder what would happen if the three of us got on a, a call one day, you know? Oh, that would be fun. That would be we should fun. do it. We should do it. We should do it. Like, let's just do well, We, we got to plan it. I, I love it. Would you all right? Well, if I could interview you for my channel or my podcast and see what your life is like taking all of this information in from all these people and sharing your life similarly? Like, you're literally a lateral example to what I do, but in your own way, in your own voice. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I, and I just haven't really, like, uh, we all kind of have our lanes, you know? Mine is yeah. more just, it's so far, it's been uh, with just single guys, but I do actually, I think, oh my God, I, I just actually got, got STD tested today because this couple, I like them. They like me. And so I think we're going to, you know, we're going to, I'm finally going to fucking make it happen. You're going to be a unicorn for a couple years. I know it's only taken me seven years, but you know, what's interesting. Once I put my unicorn energy out there, people treat you special. They really do. They're like, Oh, you know, especially since I haven't been with another couple, that's really kind of 
I will say one thing to dispute that a little bit is sometimes we need to teach couples how to treat you because some couples think that we are a sexual hole for their our use and abuse. And that is not at all the case. And so I have come across many couples who don't think I'm a human on the other side. Oh, that's a good point. Woman who's going to fuck their husband and leave. And that's not the vibe I'm looking for. So sometimes you get couples that will treat you as a disposable person. That's not what I'm looking for. So that's why some couples, they really don't treat you that well. And so you need to be like setting a certain boundary for yourself about what you're willing to accept. Yeah, no, that's, that is a good point. Um, I can say that my intention of going into it is I would like something fun and ongoing that we remain friends and we can get together and it's always, you know, a good thing. I'm not just here so that your husband can masturbate. Yes, exactly. You know, use me as a a human fleshlight, you know, it's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there's somebody that would really align with that, but I like ongoing. If it's sex is good, I want it ongoing, you know? Why are we stopping the flow? If it's not good, you know, then I do a couple, actually, I do that with a couple, a couple I call Jyla Valentine is a male, female couple who only swing together. And I have sex, I've had sex with them for about a year or two now, we're randomly, like they have sex with other people too, but it's a friendship. They come here, we hang out, we have sex, we order food, we, we smoke, we, it's fantastic. Yes. That's what you're, you say you're looking for. It's out there. It's out yeah. there. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I sometimes love. women are better to coordinate than men. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll hook up with your wife about that. And you just focus on the dick, you know, like you just, you just right. the dick. We'll, we'll bring the, the woman stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. You know what I love. I love, love, love your feedback. Send me a voicemail, guys. It's super easy to do. Go to thecuriousworlddiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You have five minutes. Let it rip. You know I get back to each and every one of you. We can talk about whatever you want. And if you have any comments for the Toronto Unicorn, you can leave them there and I'll make sure she gets them or just reach out to her directly. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. 